Educator coming at you here following a chaotic NFL draft weekend, but we have to go full sicko mode. We cannot stop now. We have to dig into each and every one of these day three NFL draft selections that are fantasy relevant. We got to talk about some priority UDFAs because every single year we write off these guys based on draft capital. And then you get to rounds three and four of your rookie drafts and you're going to have to draft some of these guys. And guess what? Some of these guys are going to hit and some of these guys are going to hit big for your fantasy roster. So we're going to get into it and try to project which guys that will be the difference makers for your roster this year. Before we get into it here, have to, you know what, we've been grinding all weekend. I've been up till, you know, 1, 2 a.m. putting out content, keeping you updated with the rankings, with the rookie guide, uh, with pretty much everything, the personalized uh, advice in the Discord. So I have to put in the shameless pitch here. If you are not supporting the rookie big board at this point in time, you gotta, you gotta get in on it. Just $3 a month, patreon.com slash rookie big board. It's personalized advice for rookie draft season. And if nothing else, it's, you know, I hope the rookie big board has helped you all the way throughout this process. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort and your support is tremendously appreciated. So with that being said, let's get into pick 115 overall. We had to wait 13 selections on day two to get a fantasy relevant player, but it was worth the wait because Roshan Johnson lands with the Chicago Bears. I think Johnson, you know, slots in immediately 125 to 150 touches as a rookie. If Khalil Herbert misses time, Johnson's got the skill set to be able to jump right in and take over that backfield. So I'm a big fan of Roshan Johnson, a good target there in the third round of your rookie drafts. Next up is Darius Davis, the wide receiver at a TCU. He went to the Chargers, and it was very nice to see the Chargers uh, get a wide receiver with some speed from TCU, right? Uh, so all joking aside, Darius Davis, to me, you know, despite the high draft capital, is going to plug in to start in their special teams. You know, he's a great special teams return man. Uh, so if your league does have special teams bonuses, you should be drafting Darius Davis for sure. He should return kicks and punts. I do think he has the ability to earn targets on a depth chart. And remember, you know, Los Angeles is going to have about 700 targets to give out. So definitely worth a shot in the fourth round of your rookie drafts. Back-to-back quarterback picks here with 127 and 128 overall. The Saints took Jay Kaner. The Rams took... Uh, Stetson Bennett. Both of these guys are good stashable quarterbacks in super flex leagues, especially ones with nice taxi squads. You know, Hayner is, is a pro-ready quarterback, and he was really coveted by a lot of NFL teams. And so, although Derek Carr's not going anywhere necessarily, I think Hayner does have the ability to hang around that depth chart, be a career backup type guy. And we've seen consistently how these career backup type guys, when they get the chance, can absolutely take over an offense. And Hayner has that fire and that skill set to be able to do that. Stetson Bennett, you know, I don't like his skill set as much, but he he definitely is a, is a you know competent game manager, has a little bit of mobility, and you know, let's be frank here, he's backing up Matthew Stafford, who is an older veteran quarterback at this point in time. He's missed time for multiple stints with injury, uh, and I do think Stetson Bennett is going to plug into that, be that quarterback too for the Rams, right? So 
you know, both of those guys, like I said, are stashable in, in deeper leagues. Charlie Jones to Purdue. I love the round four draft capital. Y'all know this has been one of my guys throughout the entire process. When I look at Charlie Jones, I see exactly the Tyler Boyd skill set, right? And the Bengals have come out and doubled down on the idea that they are all in on T. Higgins. They're going to have to make some cuts, you know, in, in terms of salary. It's probably going to be Joe Mixon. And I don't know if it's this year or next with Tyler Boyd, but it does look like they just drafted the chart, uh, the Tyler Boyd replacement in Charlie Jones. And I am definitely happy uh, to draft, you know, the, the next Tyler Boyd in the round four of my rookie drafts, right? Tyler Scott is going to be a popular fourth round selection in rookie drafts as well. He went to the Chicago Bears with pick 133. This one is a little bit confusing for me here. Uh, I think he has a, a similar skill set to Darnell Mooney, and I don't think it's a clean projection in the Bears offense, uh, but he will have his truthers out there and he will go in your rookie drafts. Last player selected in the fourth round was Aiden O'Connell, Superflex, um, Superflex, you know, deep option uh, quarterback out of Purdue, lands with the Raiders. He fits what McDaniels wants to do there, but even if he does get a shot via injury or what have you, you know, the, the skill set, you know, the arm strength's pretty limited. He's going to be limited to the pocket, so there's not going to be too much fantasy football upside. A nice run on quarterbacks here as we turn into the fifth round, 139 and 140. Clayton Toon to the Arizona Cardinals. Dorian Thompson-Robinson went to the Cleveland Browns. When you look at both of these guys, they're both athletic in different ways. Clayton Toon has a little bit more arm strength to balance out with that mobility. A DTR has more experience in managing a, a complicated UCLA offense as a, as a five-year starter there for Chip Kelly. So you look at DTR, it makes sense in that quarterback room that has Josh Dobbs and Deshaun Watson. Uh, and he could, you know, end up being QB2 there. And then Clayton Toon, you know, has the opportunity with this, um, you know, uh, transitionary period at quarterback with Kyler Murray missing time and a new front offices. Maybe they're not committed to Kyler Murray long term. You know, so decent draft capital that both of these guys got. Uh, Israel Abanakanda in round five to the New York Jets. It wasn't what his truthers were hoping for. I think it does make sense from an NFL perspective. I mean, you have Brees Hall, who's probably not going to start the season at 100% healthy. And then it seems like Michael Carter's kind of the odd man out here with Izzy battling with Bam Knight for touches. So I still think he's worth, you know, a fourth round rookie draft selection. If you want to take him late third, I won't argue with you. Josh Weil, tight end out of Cincinnati, went to the Tennessee Titans. We are talking about somebody who is athletic and was able to have, you know, solid production for the Bearcats over the last couple of years, though. But looking at his skill set, he lined up all over the field, and Cincinnati did use him a decent amount as an H-back. And I believe that Tennessee drafted him to be an H-back, which means you do not want to draft him in your fantasy leagues. Next up is Sean Clifford here, pick 149. This is just absolutely ridiculous. I, I cannot believe the Green Bay Packers drafted Sean Clifford. So there's no fantasy relevancy. I won't entertain it. I'm not a Jordan Love fan, but I'm not going to entertain any, you know, preseason camp battle arguments here. Buffalo selects Justin Shorter, the wide receiver out of Florida. Shorter's a very athletic, yoked-up dude, former five-star that just never clicked at the college level. So it would be fantastic if he has a better pro career than he did a college career. You know, but he couldn't win out uh, a job at Penn State, and he couldn't win out a job at Florida. So I am skeptical, and I would leave him undrafted, at least in a traditional traditional 48 pick rookie draft the next guy though the next guy definitely catches my attention and that is pick 159 overall it's Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia Dontavian Wicks if you go back to 2021 has some of the best wide receiver tape in the class the new offensive coordinator new coaching staff there at Virginia a lot of transition in that offense and he does not have good tape in 2022 it's not terrible tape 
but it's not nearly as good. But you have an athletic boundary type guy. The Packers clearly wanted to get athletic guys, throw them against the wall, see who clicks with Jordan Love, see what sticks. And I think Wicks does have the ability to stick and get targets. So in the fourth round of your rookie drafts, I think he's a really good late dart throw to take. Will Mallory goes to the Colts because he's an athletic tight end. So of course he goes to the Colts. If I was a Colts fan, I'd be happy about this. But from fantasy purposes, this is a, a room now loaded with athletic tight ends uh, and other pass catching options. So not much there for fantasy. Chase Brown, though, there's a lot there for fantasy. He goes one pick later, 163 overall, running back at Illinois. I think he has three down back potential. I really do. And he's going to step in for me and my projections as running back two in Cincinnati right away. And we've been hearing all offseason how, you know, Joe Mixon is a prime cut candidate. It's, I believe, June 1st is that date where the, where the cut money changes. So, Chase Brown, you know, we could be in July, and Chase Brown could be the, the running back one in Cincinnati. Now, that's an optimistic projection for a fifth-round running back, but it wouldn't be totally unprecedented. Jaron Hall goes to the Minnesota Vikings here, quarterback at a BYU. You know, this is an interesting one because Kirk Cousins' contract is up next year. I don't think Jaron Hall is going to push out Kirk Cousins like, you know, if they had invested in one of the first-round quarterbacks would have happened. But, you know, Hall is is mobile. He's He's got a gunslinger mentality. I think he's a he's a good backup in a, in a Kevin O'Connell offense, and you know if uh, if he is able to secure the quarterback two job, he's definitely worth stashing. I don't think you have to draft him though in your rookie drafts. I would just keep an eye on him in the waiver wire as kind of camp news pops up over the summer. Payne Durham, uh, tight end out of Purdue, lands with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like Payne Durham a ton. You know, he was my sleeper tight end prospect. I like Kate Otten, who's already the tight end there, but Durham can absolutely slot in as the tight end too there. You know, it might be a slow burn. You probably don't have to prioritize Payne Durham unless you're doing a 60-pick rookie draft, right? But again, another guy just to keep an eye on, and if you do have deeper taxi squads, I'd be willing to stash him, especially if there's a tight end premium. Maybe it's take lock, maybe it's because I love Eric Gray, and maybe it's because he lands with my New York football giants. But at pick 172, although he didn't get the draft capital I would have wanted, Eric Gray, I think it's a really good spot. Now, obviously, he's not going to uh, beat out Saquon Barkley for touches, but past Barkley, there's really not... Uh, there, there's not much in that running back room. And so Gray can absolutely come in, compete, lock down the running back two job, which, you know, could equal... 100 touches, 110 touches as a rookie, nothing crazy. But remember, Barkley's on the franchise tag, and Barkley has missed time with injury before in the past, right? So there, there's enough variables there where Eric Gray becomes interesting as early as the mid to late third round for me in my rookie drafts. Uh, next up is Davis Allen, a tight end at a Clemson. He lands with the Rams. You know, the Rams traded for Hunter Long this offseason. They already have Tyler Higby. You know, Davis, I think, is going to be a good NFL pro for the Rams. And maybe long term, if he does get a shot to get more volume, he could stand out. But probably not super fantasy relevant over the next couple of years. Evan Hull, running back at a Northwestern. I like Evan Hull. He goes off the board 176 to the Colts. Uh, the problem is here, I just don't know if, if Hull's... Um, is going to be able to get on the field quickly. I will say what I like is that Hull is a good pass catcher, and I do think that that is different from Deion Jackson and Zach Moss, who are also you know working for touches behind Jonathan Taylor. So if Evan Evan Hull can step in and be that pass catching running back, then all of a sudden you know he could see 75 to 80 touches as a rookie, and if there's a little pop there, his fantasy value could pop. We cannot emphasize enough. 
Puka Nakua. All right, so this is my guy. It's a little bit of a running bit how in I am on him here, but he does go to the Rams at pick 177, and obviously the back end of the fifth round, literally the last pick in the fifth round, isn't ideal draft capital, but that's, you know, nobody we're talking about today has ideal draft capital, right? So you have to look at the scheme. You have to look at the situation, and if you plug Puka Nakua into the Rams depth chart, he actually brings, you know, something something unique. There, there's legitimate chance for him to get on the field quickly. I mean, who is he? have to beat out Ben Skoronek to get some touches there so I, I like it you know you put Puka a really creative uh or I should say a really versatile weapon in Sean McVay's creative head I don't know I think those two things can go together and I'm probably going to walk out of drafts with a lot of fourth round picks spent on Puka Nakua because I am still in on him and then how about another one of my guys is, is the next one up here and it's Parker Washington so now we're into the sixth round it's pick 185 Parker Washington goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars this one you know you have to squint a little bit more to make an immediate projection work um, but there is opportunity because Parker Washington can play in the slot he can play on the outside there was even talk through draft season that they would kind of do an Antonio Gibson type transition for Parker Washington so this one you know fourth round you're going to bet on a talent and you're going to bet on pre-draft evaluation and then you know at some point that versatility could pay off as injuries pile up and whatnot Keyshawn Boutte did get drafted he goes to the New England Patriots in the sixth round pick 187 overall I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not drafting Keyshawn Boutte. I, he will go drafted, but I'm just going to let my league mates make that choice. Will the athleticism, you know, pay off? It, it definitely could, but also it could not. And, and, you know, New England will have no problem cutting Boutte in July if they need to, right? So it, it's possible, but I wouldn't say it's likely that he'll be super fantasy relevant. Tanner McKee goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, pick 188. I couldn't think of a more different quarterback from Jalen Hurts, so this one just confuses me. There's really no fantasy value there. There is some fantasy value with Trey Palmer, who went pick 191 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wide receiver at Nebraska, he's a really crisp route runner. He works really well in the slot. Uh, you know, he offers something different to the Buccaneers than what Evans and Godwin do on the outside. So it'll be a question of, you know, what the quarterback play looks like and if Palmer can lock down that slot role. But there's definitely opportunity there uh, for Palmer to be fantasy relevant. So I think a really sneaky target in the, in the you know, mid to late fourth round of rookie drafts. Christopher Rodriguez goes to the Washington Commanders, the running back out of Kentucky. I think this was a really nice NFL fit. You know, I think he's a nice spell to, to Brian Robinson, and obviously Antonio Gibson gives him something different. But don't forget, Curtis Samuel gets touches on the ground in this offense as well. So there's really not much here in terms of volume projection for Christopher Rodriguez. I do like A.T. Perry. A.T. Perry to the New Orleans Saints. He gets to keep the black and gold that he wore at Wake Forest and just, you know, switch up those logos a little bit to put on the Saints jersey. You know, you look at Perry, he does, you know, and he was not my favorite pre-draft projection. You know, I was not somebody that was A.T. Perry truther, but he's going to play along the outside. He gives the offense a little something different. Now we're going to have to figure out Michael Thomas, but, you know, basically what I'm seeing with A.T. Perry is if, if Rashid uh, Shahid could be fantasy relevant last year, then A.T. Perry can absolutely be fantasy relevant. Elijah Higgins goes to the Miami Dolphins. Now Higgins played wide receiver at Stanford, but as expected, Miami announced him as a tight end which is exciting because you're putting an athletic, you know, fast wide receiver or, you know, tight end in the uh, Mike McDaniels offense. But the, you know, the, the tricky part of this is they just 
moved on from Mike Kosecki an athletic tight end because they couldn't figure out how to use him. So, you know, probably more of a pick in, in a 60-pick rookie league, but Elijah Higgins I definitely think is worth being on your radar, and you could sneak him into the background of the fourth uh, if you have a tight end premium league. Xavier Hutchinson goes a little bit later here. Wide receiver out of Iowa State goes to the Texans. Not the draft capital that, that Hutch truthers would have looked for, but this Texans wide receiver room is wide open. And, and Hutch has kind of been somebody, you know, he had to go through the community college route and he gets to Iowa State. And every single year at Iowa State, he gets more and more and more volume and is just a consistent producer in that offense. So maybe that's Hutch's story, man. Maybe he gets to Houston and he just shows up and he produces and he sticks, right? Because he's reliable. I know they've added pieces. You know, obviously, Mechie's coming back healthy, and they added Robert Woods, but this was an offense last year that, you know, Chris Moore was fantasy relevant in. So so there's still opportunity. If you're a Hutch truther, I think you're justified in using that fourth-round selection. Uh, Chivas, uh out of Princeton, the wide receiver, he goes a little bit later than expected. He goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I, I probably wouldn't, you know, lean into this one until you get into those deeper, you know, 60, even 72 pick leagues. Uh, it just didn't really come to fruition in the way that we thought with Ashivas. Next up is Demario Douglas, another guy that I'm not really touching. You know, he lands in New England. I don't know that he really gives that offense anything super unique. And so maybe this is more of a special teams pick here for Bill Belichick. Deuce Vaughn, pick 212, you know, there were worries that Vaughn would go undrafted. He ends up going to the Cowboys, which is a great story because his dad has been a scout there for them for a while. But, you know, for actual NFL and actual fantasy football storylines, Deuce Vaughn does bring legitimate production potential here. He's a fantastic compliment to Tony Pollard. The Cowboys did not go in on any other running back in this draft, so I don't know if they're looking to bring Zeke back still or, or bring in playoff Lenny or something else like that, but at least for the time being, Deuce Vaughn has, you know, a, a running back 4-5 type projection, and, and as the season goes on, those are the guys you need on your on your bench, so he's worth using a fourth-round pick on. If you want to use a late third-round pick, it would be a little rich for me, but I, I you know, I wouldn't scoff at it. And then how about Zach Evans? Pick 215. Man, the the Rams kind of have a thing going on. And I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but remember a couple years back, I was a big John Kelly fan, and the Rams took him late. Uh, last year, I was a big Kyron Williams fan, and they took him late. And, you know, I was higher still than most on consensus going into the draft on Zach Evans. And look, the Rams take him late. You know, it, it's not great. It's not the draft couple we wanted. Clearly, there's question marks. I feel like there's question marks beyond his tape for him to go this far. But he does have an opportunity here. You know, Cam Akers, you know, they've been kind of hot and cold with Cam Akers. And I'm not saying Evans is going to come in and take Cam's job right away. That's not the way I did the projection out. But I think it's going to be between Evans and Kyron Williams. And, and Kyron kind of gives it more of the pass-catching type back compared to Evans. But, you know, I, I do think there's similar play styles. Those two guys are going to have to duke it out in terms of who gets the touches. But Evans does have the talent. And I think he's going to get drafted in the fourth round of your rookie draft. So, so you're justified in doing that if you like Zach Evans beforehand and you want to double down on that. Antoine Green, wide receiver out of North Carolina, goes to the Detroit Lions in the seventh round. He's the first fantasy-relevant pick in the seventh round. Probably not too, too much here, um, but it's worth pointing out, you know, there is a pass-catching opportunity and volume in the Lions offense, especially with J-Mo missing the first six weeks of the season. Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion goes to the New York Jets. You know, ah... Uh, I love Zach Coons. I wish that we had kind of gotten a little juicier landing spot. I'm still holding out 
Uh, for Jeremy Rucker, who I expected to be a year two or three emerger out of the Jets offense, they used much higher draft capital on him last year. But Kuntz is super athletic. You know, you're probably looking at him in a 72-pick rookie draft, though, so, so definitely deeper leagues. Dwayne McBride goes to Minnesota. You know, at first, this is exciting, but you remember they have Alexander Madison and Ty Chandler still on the roster, and I know they like both of those guys. So even if they move on from Dalvin Cook, Dwayne McBride probably doesn't step into a super heavy projection right away. But, hey, you never know. Uh, you you just you never know what can happen through training camp and who can pop through preseason. Colton Dowell, wide receiver, Tennessee Martin, you got me. Tennessee Titans, you got me. I love the pick because Tennessee Martin, you know, out in West Tennessee, keeping Dowell home, FCS guy. I have no tape on Dowell. I have nothing on Dowell. I've been stumped. And, and shout out to the Tennessee Titans because I just didn't think we'd get to this point. Uh, Lou Nichols, the third running back out of Central Michigan. He's been a CFF stud the last couple of years. He goes to the Green Bay Packers, you know, power type back. And so you're thinking, you know, probably a rotational guy. They still have Kylan Hill in there, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. You know, Aaron Jones, they're moving on from probably, I believe it's a two-year contract they signed for him. So probably really only a target in deep, deep leagues. Kenny McIntosh, this is an interesting one, you know, going into – uh, going into the last, you know, uh, combine period, I was going to say last month, but really the combine period is when Kenny McIntosh's value dropped. Before that, you know, he was in the conversation as a top 10 running back for most most uh, analysts here. But he lands with the Seattle Seahawks, which is now a, a crowded depth chart with uh, Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. But he does have that pass-catching ability, and so he should be able to hang around that roster at least. Uh, Max Duggan is the third TCU Horn Frog to go to the Chargers in the draft. Of course, they took Quentin Johnston in the day one, and then we talked about Darius Davis earlier. So Duggan at least has his former teammates that he can throw to, and he really liked Darius Davis at TCU. So, but... You know, Duggan definitely has a chance to hang around the roster. He's probably more of a practice squad guy because I do believe the Chargers really like Easton Stick behind uh, Justin Herbert as well. As we're moving down the board here, we get Jalen Brooks, wide receiver out of South Carolina. You know, a little pop from Jalen Brooks. Um, you know, through the pre-draft process, you know, just kind of hearing the buzz around him. He lands to the Cowboys, probably not much much there for fantasy purposes. Uh, Braden Willis, tight end out of Oklahoma. You know, Braden Willis you know, had pretty good tape in terms of being a pass catcher at Oklahoma. You know, with San Francisco, they, they took a tight end earlier in the draft as well. Cameron Latu, who I like, who I view as a little bit more of a pro, pro pass catcher. So I don't know if, if this is more of a blocking move or if they're going to use him kind of as, as a quasi- um, you know, tight end, H-back type deal with Braden Willis. So not too much for fantasy purposes. Uh, Ronnie Bell, though, there's a little pop here for Ronnie Bell for, for fantasy purposes. He also goes to the San Francisco 49ers, pick 253. You know, wide receiver out of Michigan, he plays well along the boundary, and he's fast. Does this remind you of anything? Yes, this is what San Francisco always drafts, fast boundary receivers, right? It was Danny Gray last year. Um, and you could look at that, you know, track record working all the way back. So, it, you know, will Bell be the guy to break through and make the impact potentially, but also potentially not? Grant Dubow, look, the Packers threw another athletic uh, guy at the wall here. So wide receiver out of Charlotte, he goes to the Packers. You know, I, I think Dubow would be a late round guy to watch potentially. But again, you know, the way he landed uh, with the Packers, there's just so many options that Dubow is probably not going to make the 53 uh, 53 man roster. I want to quickly touch on some UDFAs here that I do think have fantasy value. I'm of course not going to read through all the UDFAs, but I do think that there are guys that we need to pay legitimate attention to. And we've learned over the last couple of years, you know, James Robinson, Philip Lindsay, 
There are UDFAs that become fantasy relevant. My favorite running back UDFA fit is Keaton Mitchell to the Baltimore Ravens. I think Keaton Mitchell gives a home run, electric, fast a contribution to this running back room that is otherwise J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And not that there's anything wrong with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, but but uh, Mitchell's explosiveness, I think, just gives a different gear to the offense. And so I do think he makes the the roster. You know, for me, Keaton Mitchell is Justice Hill role, but actually good, right? What they wanted Justice Hill to be. The question will be, can Keaton Mitchell be a part of the, the pass-catching offense? Because he really wasn't used like that at East Carolina. But regardless, I think he makes the roster, and I think he is somebody here who can be a piece and remember this is a Todd Munkin offense Todd Munkin has spent the last however many years at Georgia just rotating running backs I mean Georgia would use four or five guys and I know it's a little different at the college level in the way the rosters are built out but I think Keaton Mitchell is going to get run and he's going to pop right um, next up is Sean Tucker of course uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, from everything, it sounds like Sean Tucker fell because of medicals, not evaluation. And he absolutely has the chance to come in and be the running back too in the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay depth chart. So, you know, if you are a Sean Tucker truther, you're justified in using a fourth round selection on him. One more guy I knew I wanted to touch on here is Avian Valaday. Avian Valaday was super productive at the college level at Wyoming and then transfers to Arizona State and is even more productive. I mean, we're talking like 1,000-yard seasons every year. He's 6'0", 198, so he's not super undersized, and he is twitchy. And, you know, he goes to the Houston Texans, who who have volume and touches available here. So I haven't heard too much discussion around Xavier Valaday, but I really like the... Uh, the UDFA landing spot there. You know, switching over here to wide receivers, Bryce Ford-Wheaton, I was mentioning in the patron Discord that, you know, once we hit round five, I was trying to manifest Bryce Ford-Wheaton to the Giants with some of our later picks. We end up getting him for free. The reason I was so excited about this is because Ford-Wheaton at 6'4", 221, has uh, boundary presence, has contested catchability, and that's that's pretty much, you know, you're looking at Isaiah Hodgkins, of course, but other than that, that is just not represented on the Giants roster. So because he brings something a little bit more unique, he has the ability, I think, to really pop and make that roster and hang around for a little while. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett, man, that was a tough one. Former five-star goes undrafted, lands with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, I don't know if he makes the roster, but definitely somebody that I want to watch through camp season. I thought I knew his tape, you know, was a little rougher in 2022, but I didn't think it was so rough he was going to go undrafted. Jaden Hazelwood, another former five-star that just did not pan out. Uh, you know, he lands with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a reconnection with Jalen Hurts, who he was at Oklahoma with a couple years back here. So, so maybe there's a little bit there and I like his athleticism and I like his pass catching ability. I like Jake Bobo a lot. He lands with the Seattle Seahawks, you know, just a steady productive guy. I don't know, you know, that he's more than a practice squad guy to start his career, but when you have those guys that are just steady, consistent, reliable wide receivers, there's always going to be a little bit of pop there. Dante Dimas Jr. went to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, his size, I think, always stands out in the Baltimore Ravens offense. It's kind of cool. You know, he went to Maryland, so he's got that Baltimore Ravens connection there. You know, he has the ability, I think, probably to start off on the practice squad, but, you know, you know, a, a little bit of upside there. Uh, to, to hang around the 53-man roster. Jalen Moreno-Cropper uh, lands with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, that one for me is really interesting. Moreno-Cropper was definitely somebody who, uh, 
you know, definitely somebody who popped to the pre-draft process. And I did think he was going to sneak into the back end of day three, but just didn't end up getting there. But definitely still somebody that I would keep my eye on. Uh, Dallas also signed Princeton, Princeton Fant out of Tennessee, and this is probably just my Tennessee bias, but got to see him the last couple of years. You know, was never a high-volume guy, but when targeted, he was definitely a great red zone target, and he has a little bit of athleticism after the catch. He looked really good at the Shrine Bowl, so, you know, in a, a more shallow, young, tight end room, Fant might have the opportunity to make the 53-man roster there. So there it is. That is every pick from day three of the NFL draft uh, and my favorite priority UDFAs. Um, so these guys are going to hit. Like, not of course, not all of them are going to hit. But these guys, there will be fantasy relevancy out of this. So you are you are well justified in digging in to the, to the sicko mode level that is this podcast episode. And you are, are well justified if you have not already to head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board, get in on the rookie rankings, personalized access for your roster on the discord, the hundred page rookie guide, all of that folks available as low as $3 a month. You can get the 2023 seasonal projection. So you could see my, my physical breakdown on all of these rookies. They are all plugged in. Everything is up to date. All right, we are on top of it here on the Rookie Big Board. And as always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board. <laughs>